the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy what we've put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, so anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise, we've uh, we've done a little bit of the heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But, you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure... If you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best of here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. You look great. Thank you. I shaved today. I took out the clippers and I made a mess of my bathroom counter. And like, I feel like right now you look like maybe you could have been on Degrassi at a certain point. Oh man, that would have been wicked. You know, Clutch went to my high school. Did he? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it funny how I feel like that is sort of a thing in Canada where like we all kind of do know each other in a weird roundabout way. Yeah. Six degrees of separation in Toronto. It's not much. It's like one or two degrees. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's like, oh yeah, somebody. I saw that person at a bar or a friend of mine went to high school with them or whatever. Like it, it really is funny how, yeah, we do all know each other. So the stereotype is true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Joe, um, you know, Joe, the guy with the face. That being said, have you um, spent any more quality time with my father on Lakeshore Drive? <laughs> I've not, I haven't really been to the city much. I actually went, I got kind of suckered in last week going down to Queen Street and you know, totally different vibe, obviously, than where I'm from. But yeah, and right now it's not in its full, you know, hustle and bustle. But it, it was still nice to be down in the city a little bit and cranes everywhere, buildings going up left and right. It's it's insane. For the past, gosh, 25 years, there's been at least 20 cranes in the sky in the city. It's just nonstop. It's crazy. It is nuts. I feel like every time I go to Toronto and it's obviously been a little while for me with the borders being closed and I'm like super knocked up. So I'm not traveling right now. Um, but this skyline is different. Every single time I go to Toronto, it looks so, so different. It blows my mind. Yeah. And landmarks. So yes. like, for example, let's say you always turn right at this old building, you know, that's how you know to get there. And all of a sudden you're like, you pass it and you're like, where the hell is that old building? Oh, it's condos. You know, or so something. Sad. Just, yeah. Kind of bums me out. Okay. So you got out of the city. Obviously, you were living in Mississauga. You were formerly known as Mr. Saga. Um, <laughs> my license plate is Mr. Saga. <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. Um, the people that are from the GTA will understand that. Nobody else will, but that's okay. So you moved outside of the city. Why did you decide to get out of the city? What happened? I was going to do it when I was like 50 years old. <laughs> which is like three years away, but, uh, with COVID and everything, when, you know, we have battle arts Academy, a massive 13,000 square foot facility. And it was just getting to be a lot. So I, I was working like seven days a week for like 
months on end. And once in a while, I get like a, a day off. But I was doing a lot of different things that I like to do, right? I'm coaching. I'm going taking my athletes to tournaments. I'm putting on pro wrestling shows like for my students. And once in a while, I go make an appearance. And once in a while, um, I'll go do some commentary for the World Judo Tour and all that. It's all stuff that I'm... And this is the thing. I considered it a privilege to be able to do so much. So I owed it to myself to keep doing so much. And I would come home at like 1130 and like I literally would collapse on my bed. And then I started dreading like the next day. I'm like, ah, oh, just don't want to do it again. You know, I just don't want to do it. And then when COVID happened, like last, I guess it was my birthday, March 14th of last year. Oh my God. I felt so good. I'm like this. I felt, I felt like I was going on, like it was the last day of school. And then I had a summer vacation coming up and I'm like, Oh my God, it's amazing. And all of a sudden, you know, I wrote an article like about a month into the original first COVID shutdown about how it saved my life. I was getting chest pains from anxiety or stress or whatever. And I was doubting, like, do I have heart problems? Like what the hell is going on? And then as soon as COVID came, like they went, they went away. My wife and I, we went, it was really nice weather. So we went bike riding like every day down to the lake and we had, you know, our little Marco was held at the time. So we just really enjoyed it. And then um, one thing led to another. There was some, okay, the thing with having a business that you rely so much. Uh, so I, I offered like kickboxing and jujitsu and wrestling, you guys did and it pro wrestling all. and judo. Yeah, but I don't coach at all. And that's the problem. If I could offer any advice to someone opening up a business, make sure that you're the one going to teach everything. So for example, I had a really good boxing program. We produced national champions. and he decided to kind of retire. And I'm like, there goes my boxing program. Like I have to start from scratch, you know? And then we had some dishonesty with some coaches and they kind of, you know, took part of the wrestling, amateur wrestling team. And I got to scramble and find a new coach. It worked out for the best. But anyway, I looked at my wife one day and I'm like, you know what? Say the word, man. Just say it. Like I'm I'm asking her to say it because I want it. I dare you. I dare you to say it. And she's like, let's do it. And up's enough. And I'm like, done called the realtor. And the next day I was like looking at like 10 houses in Wasega. Um, but you know, everything, there was a deal breaker in every one. And then finally my wife just texted me this. It just came on the market like hours before. And, you know, I had this pretty serious checklist of things that we wanted. And then all of a sudden this one house finally checked everything. So when my wife would go to bed with the baby before I get on the computer, I put realtor.ca. What a, that's a great and, way to spend some time, by the way. I love that shit. Oh, I love it. I get lost. It's the in best. The, in the, is, that, is that considered a, what do you call the rabbit hole? Oh, is that totally. a rabbit hole? Totally. So I'll do that. And I end up on the bridal path looking at like Prince's old house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would put in different parameters, like minimum 20 acres for this price and minimum five acres and you know this location and anyway this one here checked all the boxes and we wanted to adjust our business model a little bit and i wanted to create a personal training studio so this place had this huge detached shop garage i wanted a, a hobby farm with your little chickens yeah my wife wanted a neighborhood and this one here it was like acres and still on a street and it backs onto an environmentally protected forest. And it, it really checked all the boxes. So we jumped on it and we sold our Mississauga home and, and moved up North. And it's been incredible. We're, we're still in the honeymoon phase. Cause like it's been on October 15th, we moved up here and I still every morning look out and go, I can't believe we live here. That's the best. It looks like just like seeing your Instagram and like you can tell 
I mean, I didn't know that you were burning your candle on both ends as much as you were, but seeing now you're like out snowshoeing and you're going cross country skiing. Like, it seems like you are like enjoying life right now. Yeah. And some of my students and even my daughter, you know, she's like, dad, you're so happy. Like, and even my students that came back to visit Mississauga, they're like, you look like you're about 25 right now. Let's put that out there. <laughs> well, I, I put some leave in conditioner. It could be that. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, p- people are telling me, so obviously they're not just saying it, right? I'm mm-hmm. less stress and, and, and it's, it's, it's nice up here. Yeah. How hard was it for you to step away from battle arts? Well, I didn't really fully step away. I brought in some partners. So they're, they're going to be running the day to day. A couple guys from Hamilton, Dave and Adam, and they're doing a fantastic job and they got, you know, some ideas and their fresh enthusiasm and that's what it needed. Right. I just didn't want to run the day to day anymore. I was doing like everything. I mean, my whole thing is, look, it's Santino, the WWE superstar, owner of the building, and he's mopping and he's and he's repairing the treadmill just to show people, if you don't take care of yourself, no one's going to take care of anything that you have or you care about as well as you. Totally. Can we point out now that we're both wearing overalls, by the way? <laughs> Yours are like hidden, but we are, we do have matching overalls. You know what? I don't think enough men wear or respect or appreciate overalls. And I like this look a lot. Yes. So well, since I moved up here, I've got like, I think I have like six pairs of overalls. Do you have like the winter lined ones with yes, like the fleece? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. And they're like reinforced your legs for chainsaw accidents. Yes. And then I got some of water repelling ones. And these, these ones, I'm going to take my jacket off. Oh yeah, get them for out. For those that don't know, this is a Canadian tuxedo. I love it. With cummerbund. <laughs> Cumberbun. Oh, and you went Carhartt. So you're really not messing around. I respect the Carhartt. Yeah, those those yes. are those are Carhartt overalls. I did see that. My daughter got me these for Christmas. Bianca knows. She got me these and she didn't read this the label that says get one size up. So I'm like, oh man, I know I've been kind of eating a lot in the holidays. So anyway, I returned them. And by the time I returned them, they were on sale. So with the difference, I got another pair of pants for like $11 extra. Perfect. Where'd you go? Like Mark's Work Warehouse? Where'd you get those? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, there's Mark's Work Warehouse, which I buy most of my clothes now. I love it. I mean, listen, those are for the working man and that's you. And You're you know out what? there getting it, it your done. Belly? It covers your belly. Oh, I mean, no, you know. It's the best. There's nothing better. I love a good overall. This I actually didn't think I was going to fit into any pregnant wise. And I bought these for post-pregnancy and they just delivered on time and my fat ass still fits in them. So booyaka. Did you ever own a pair of luscious overalls? Remember those? No. Famous, what are those? They were like, uh, like in the house nightclub days and they were luscious was the brand, like luscious overalls. No. Oh, were they like... um. Oh, shoot. What are like the pants that like the Hardys wear? What's that brand called? Oh, uh, no, that's like... Um, Jinkos. Yeah, no, not those. These are like kind, okay. of, kind, of, kind of fitted overalls, but they're like the cool nightclub overalls and stuff. I love, I love an evening overall. Let me tell you. there's. I have a pair of like faux leather overalls and I would wear them on camera. And I feel like I remember like Kevin and Vince being like, you wearing fucking overalls, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know but they're like fashion they're so overalls. They got so many pockets. Yes. Strapped. They're useful until you have to pee and then it all comes down and then you're fully exposed. But it's okay. And all I got to do is work out shoulders and arms. The rest is covered. Perfect. Let's get those traps out there. You're good to go. Okay, before we get into like any wrestling stuff, I want to like start more at the beginning for you. We want to get the whole background on on Anthony. We know tons about Santino, but I want to talk about Anthony. 
Yeah, I'll get into it. I was born March 14th, 1974. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but you, yeah, you know what? Luckiest kid in the world. And I'm, I'll explain why. Like my parents are awesome. My dad's this immigrated from Italy and is this, you know, street smart Italian guy and, and from Toronto getting into some mischief, you know. And my mom is like this, you know, from Penetanguishing, Ontario, this Metis girl, a family of 10. And she moves to the city. Like she's the only one in the family graduating high school. She was really like, like hundred percent in math or something. She was like the prodigy. So she moved to the city, got a job at Bank of Montreal. And, and she met my dad and it was like the city boy and the country girl. That's, and then we lived in the suburbs in Mississauga, which, you know, I studied geography actually in university and I'm doing all these, you know, comparisons. And I'm like, man, I live in the best place in the world. Like if you live in a suburb of the GTA, or uh, of Toronto, Canada every year, you know, is winning these awards for the best country in the world to live, you know, time after time. And I live there and I live in the most prosperous city and I live in the mo- in a, a suburb that's flourishing in a time, you know, like I was a child in the eighties, gosh, grew up in the nineties before cell phones, before internet timing. I was in the right place at the right time. I just had an amazing childhood. So I did judo when I was nine years old. So then I begged my mom. I'm like, I need martial arts. I felt this calling for martial arts. Lucky again, my mom just looked in the Mississauga Parks and Recreation magazine and she found that there was a judo class that she could take me to. And she was taking a night, uh, night course or something. And it was judo. And I'm like, judo? And all, all I knew from judo was from the Flintstones. When I think like Wilma and Betty took a judo course and they go, judo, lesson number five. And they throw the guy across the room or something. <laughs> so I get there and I'm like, like, when do we learn kicks and punches and stuff? And, you know, it ended up being a, a grappling sport. And that's it, man. It was in the blood. It was in the veins. And I, I did it from nine years old, right through university, competed, uh, you know, provincially, nationally, internationally. And it was my identity. I was a judo athlete. That took me to Montreal, where the national team trained. So, I, so that's why I went to University of Montreal. Like, I went to university while I was there doing judo. You know, I won the national championships for uh, men under 20. And I went to the junior world championships in Egypt and the U.S. Open, all this stuff. How old were you then? Like 20? I was 20, yeah. So in between my second and third year of university, uh, we had a baby. And I got married. Yeah, you had a baby really young. Yeah, like my first year of university was like just judo. Second year, I got my girlfriend pregnant. And then we got married in January. She went to Carleton. So we went back to separate schools. And then uh, Bianca came in June, in the, June 29th in the summertime. And then third year, I'm like trying to juggle judo and university and new baby. And uh, it didn't work because we separated after that year. But, uh, and it was, t- I had a neck injury, my first neck injury. What happened with that first neck injury? I also wrestled in university and it was just a simple thing at a simple practice. Honest to God, I looked up one day like an idiot and I looked at God and I'm like, is this all you can throw at me? This is easy. This is easy. I'm the champ. I was rookie of the year for wrestling. I had a baby. We had an apartment. I was national champion. I mean, I breezed through school. It was, everything was so easy. And then I got humbled, you know, and I hurt my neck. And I lost my marriage and I couldn't compete that year at the national championships. And uh, I came back my fourth year just to finish school. And I wasn't training because of my neck injury and stuff. And then we started partying. You know, I always want to excel at what I do. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> you put all your all your chips in. I want to be the best partier. Okay, and like I, I what kind good. of what, let's get into like some of the partying though, because like I mean, first of all, the fact that you even went back for a fourth year when you already had all that stuff going on, like it's pretty impressive that you even decided that you wanted to finish university at that time, considering all the things you had going on. But did you ever consider not going back and just like, I just need to go get a job and figure life out? Or was it always staying on that track? Yeah, no, I knew I had to finish. I mean, I had to finish that because I had a kid, you know? And what were you studying? <laughs> geography. Because I, I, I went to teacher's college after. So I was going to be a geography teacher. That was the plan. So I bought my first car and I drove home every two weeks to see my daughter. And, you know, universities kind of divide up in like four months and then a big break and four months. So I figure I can. I could, and it was hard for me to be away from her. It was really hard, right? And then I had to make a decision. Like it was killing me to be away because at one, one, one time it was my exams and I didn't come home for a month. And we had a special relationship right out of the gate, you know? Anyway, and I didn't come home for a month and I went to go reach and she pulled away, like made, made strange with me. And that was like twisting. That was horrible. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? I mean, the national team is in Montreal, my baby's in Toronto. Like, uh, you know, I had to stay home and, uh, and I still did judo a little bit, but it just, I wasn't in the right environment. And, and sure. Do you think all of that stress and all of that, like feeling sort of misplaced and wanting to be with your daughter, wanting to finish everything that that kind of led into the partying seems like the path for me now. So all of a sudden I would wake up in the morning, go to morning practice, come home, wolf down some food kiss everybody goodbye, go to school, a couple lectures, come home, eat some more pasta usually, and then uh, go sparring at night for a couple hours, come home. And it was, so I was just used to go, 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 go. And all of a sudden, no training, school was done. And I'm like, I, I was, I got lost. I got, I got lost in my life. And uh, someone, you know, tried an ecstasy one time <laughs> and, the, and that was pretty good, pretty interesting. You know? Was that the first drug that you had? Yeah. I mean, I don't consider it like, Weed a drug. No, that like doesn't that. count. Or mushrooms. No, I, I mean mushrooms can be a doozy, but <laughs> no, but they don't count the same it's way that natural, ecstasy does. Right? It's natural. Grows yeah, oh, the- for sure. I just yeah. had a bad trip one time. That's all. Yeah. It's my own experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oral Sessions. You're probably asking yourself, "Who is this?" Because this obviously is not the soothing, sultry sound of Renee. But it is a fellow Canadian. My name is Chelsea Green. I'm going to be filling in for the new mama today. I'm super excited. I'm um, not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. I feel like I have some big shoes to fill. But most people know me as a wrestler. But my passion has always been speaking, I guess. So I asked Renee if I could help her host a little bit. And she gave me this episode to play with. So you guys, I decided to bring on a guest that I felt the most comfortable with, someone that I could get the dirty deets out of and he would still go to sleep with me at night. Um, You might know him as the thousand dollar broski, the major, no, what is it? You don't even know my catchphrases? Wait, 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 let me think. The thousand dollar broski, the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting, my cat daddy. Sure. My fiance, my future husband, internet champion, always ready, all that stuff. Possibly baby daddy. I don't know about that. 
<laughs> Matthew Cardona. It's just Matt, but what's up, Jels? Hey, baby. Thanks so for this is This on. is uh, incredibly awkward. Why? Because Renee never asked me to do her podcast, and now I'm doing it. But she's not the host. You are. Now, I don't know <laughs> what you're going to ask me. I saw you Googling me last night. So I'm a little nervous <laughs> no, about this. I know. That's a funny thing. I was I was really nervous because I, I, you know, I don't. I don't interview people. Like I like to talk. I have a podcast, Green with Envy podcast, um, and nice Major Land, Major yes, Land yes, podcast. Yes. But I was nervous because I feel like interviewing is a whole different skill. So I wanted to try to flex that. So I had to do my research on you. So <laughs> well, you don't even know my nickname. So. <laughs> no, I did. Okay. I just got nervous. Okay. Okay. So I want to jump right into things. I want to talk about relationship stuff. Yeah. Is, this, is this therapy? <laughs> I, thought, I thought therapy was Thursday. <laughs> no, I want, to, I want to talk about relationship okay. stuff. So my first question is, did you ever think you were going to end up with a fellow wrestler? My rule was no dating wrestlers. Stop. That was my rule for so many years. No It way. never ends well. Uh, I mean, back in the day, it didn't. now there's so many relationships. It's like not as messy now. Right, right, right. Okay, that's funny because I said the same thing. Well, mm-hmm. you knew that. I never, ever wanted to date a wrestler, and I never dated a wrestler until you. You were my first. That's what you say. What the fuck? <laughs> you were my first, last, and only wrestler, but okay. I was not your first, last. Well, I was your last. Last. I wasn't your only. So you Let's go to this, the next question. <laughs> you know, you've made this mistake a couple times. Okay. So you really didn't think. Practice makes perfect. Okay. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So what do you think the biggest difference is between dating a regular civilian? Because you've dated regular people while you've been a wrestler. Right. So what's the difference between dating a regular person and dating a wrestler? Well, a wrestler gets it. They understand if you can't go to this wedding or you can't go to this party, uh, a normal person might not understand why they have to go to this wedding alone or why this vacation is canceled last minute. But a wrestler totally understands and probably has to cancel plans on you too. So Okay. So I agree with that. But what do you think the downfalls are of dating someone in the same industry as you. I, I, really, I don't think this podcast is long enough for stuff like that. I really do think that <laughs> overall it's, it's pretty positive. It's like an actor dating an actor. Yeah. You just get it. Right. Right. But there's gotta be like some negatives. I can think of some negatives. Well, I mean, you know, if you're on different shows, different schedules, different promotions, that could be a problem. Where, oh, interpromotional. Well, I don't mean like that kind of drama. I'm just saying like, you're not together as much. You're not home together. You're not on the road together. So that could be weird. Okay. So like when we first started dating and I was at Impact and you were at WWE, you're talking like that. Yeah, but not so much that we were in different places that the schedule didn't really match up. That's definitely hard. And especially because I do feel like it's not a team sport. So you're just looking out for yourself to an extent, right? Like you have to look out for yourself in order to succeed. So you've got to go and do those shows or you've got to go and do those appearances. But I think one thing that we have done so well is we don't really bring work home. Yes. We talk about it every once in a while, but I don't care about your storyline pitch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I don't care about like this move you want to try. And as as long as we keep that stuff out, I think we'll both be happier. I agree. And a lot of people ask me that. Do we talk about wrestling like in our free time? Or someone asked me the other day, do we actually wrestle at home? And yeah. And I was like, no, actually we're like the total opposite. Like, I feel like we, first of all, I feel like the first two years of our relationship, we really didn't speak about wrestling at all. Like, I think when I was turning into the hot mess, we literally never spoke about that because we were just starting to date. I'd rather, you know, know about Chelsea, the person more than Chelsea, the character. I like now, if you have like a question or something like that, I'll answer it. Or if I have something I want to run by you, I'll ask you. But like, typically, like, I don't care. I don't want to know. 
I don't yeah. want to know like, oh my God, she was wearing blue and now I have blue. I, I do say that. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. I, I don't, and, and not like in a mean way, not in a malicious way. I just genuinely don't care. And I don't want to waste our precious time talking about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Okay. So you obviously love toys. Yes. Action. The major rest of your podcast, a little plug ski for that. Action figures. Yeah. Were you nervous to tell not just me, but all of your previous girlfriends that you were um, a toy hoarder? A hoarder is not the word. Um, <laughs> Like back in the day, it wasn't so much accepted. You watch 40-Year-Old Virgin. The guy is a legit virgin and he yeah. has these figures on display and it's not cool. Now it, it's so cool. At least I think it is. And I, I don't care what anybody thinks, especially like with you. You, were, you met me when I was first moving into this house in Orlando. So I didn't have this giant toy room yet. I was kind right. of building it. It's not like you walked into a room and it was just wall right. to wall to wall I to wall. I saw it slowly figures. come right, together. Right. How do you tell a girl that you're – a collector because see for me again like I came over and you were like kind of setting up the room and we built the shelves together and we made a date out of it and I didn't know what it was going to be right. but I'm assuming that in previous states that you lived in you had yeah I mean like in high school and in college I legit kept it all on display in my closet and like that was hidden in your closet. that was my like little safe space but and now then you could shut the doors right it was like a sliding door and oh you open it up gosh. it was like and i had lights in there it was Wait, nice on display you open it up and you're like oh something like that oh yeah God. and just now like I, I don't know i just don't care what people think so right. if not necessarily you but a girl is not going to want to date me because i have all these action figures then i don't want to date her so when do you think your love of action figures first started Oh, when I was a kid, like, 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 like right every kid. Birth. Yeah. I just never grew out of it. You know, there's so everyone loves toys as a kid. Everyone well, agreed. But even speaking to your mom, your mom said that you were crazy right from the get. Well, like, I, I'm like, like you know, I was a completist. I, I needed everybody. Yeah. You know, if it's like the, the Hasbro wrestling figures, you can't like not get Skinner. You got to get everybody. Skinner. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So it's a wrestler. Okay. So right out of the womb. You sure. I, I just so you collect them you, all. You've always been a, a what did you call it? A completist. I'm not so much a completist now because there's so much stuff. But back then, for sure, like I wanted everyone in the set. And if you know there was you know Hulk Hogan with a tank top, Hulk Hogan without the tank top, I need both. <laughs> what about when you were younger and you know say you're in middle school or high school and and you're you've got an anniversary with a girlfriend did they ever try to buy you toys or were you just no, like don't no, even try no that at that point i was almost in denial and like i was not proud to be a collector i'd go to toys r us ask for a gift receipt so people you know the people the cashier didn't think i was some teenager playing with toys really yeah, i was really protective of my image <laughs> Wait, that's <laughs> i love that I didn't know these questions about you because I've never asked, like, I don't know. I just feel like I know things about you. So then when I was making up these questions, I was like, what don't I know? Or what do I know? But I think is interesting. And like, the well, whole, you don't know Skinner. No, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> but the whole like oh, action figure thing, I don't know. So you came out of the womb loving toys and being a completist. <laughs> sure. But what about wrestling? When Always think- loved wrestling. People ask all the time, what was the first match you saw? The first toy? I don't remember. Every, like, every memory, memory. I don't know. Every memory I have from my childhood involves wrestling, wrestling toys, whether it be the big rubber LJNs or, or wrestling with my wrestling buddies. You know, like that was my life. I was just always obsessed with it. And I never grew out of it, never grew out of loving wrestling, never grew out of loving the action figures. Your dad was a fan though. I think he was a fan through me. He wasn't a fan. Like, yeah, he didn't like. See, I just assumed that your dad was a fan and that's 
kind of how it trickled down to you, but you think it's the opposite. Yeah. I think it was just something like I saw on TV like one day and just liked as a kid. And you've got, there's three of you, three brothers in your your house. So did you all three love wrestling equally? I, I mean, I was always the one obviously who loved it the most, but there was definitely a time where I think we all loved it a lot. And then, you know, eventually we would backyard wrestle in high school. Don't try this at home, but we did. Uh, you know, I, I, I was the booker man, uh, the promoter, uh, but also wrestled. Oh, so so you were like the booker that puts himself over. Well, you know, I started as champion just to, uh, ah. but then I put the other guys over to give them credibility. Right. right <laughs> and then my right, little, right. little and brother then was you a- end as the champ? Well, it's like a storybook ending, of course. Yeah. yeah two-time yeah. WTW champion. And were your brothers in WTW? Yeah. One was, you know, my rival, my heated rival. And then one was much younger. So he was the referee. How do they feel about you being a wrestler? They're super supportive. Uh, always have been, you know, um, they didn't follow it themselves, but it wasn't like their ultimate dream, you know, but they, every time there's like a local show, they go, they, they watch my stuff. They listen to the, the major wrestling podcast, even though they don't collect. So right. they definitely support. So fast forward to a couple of years ago. And you moved from, you're originally from Long Island, New York. Yep. And you moved to Orlando, Florida. That's right. What made you want to move? I just wanted to change. I wanted to live in the nice weather. It was a lot cheaper to buy a house in Florida than New York. But you were moving somewhere so far away from your family. And you obviously have like, you're like an Italian New York family. You guys are all close. Yeah. It's not like Sopranos or anything like that. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, it kind of is the plan was very close. Yeah. But the plan was like, I'd, I'd go home like a couple times a, uh, a year, no a month really like at least split it. But then like the, once I got down here, I just, I just loved it. I loved, you know, I, I lived in an apartment. It sucked. It was so small. Right. I didn't have room to display my collection, you know, but now right. I had, I had a toy room and I had a, Nice big couch and a backyard with a pool. And like, I'm not, I'm not leaving. So I go home now a couple Ooh, times a year. Two, two, two yeah, year own horn, backyard right. with a pool. That's in right. It. It's a nice pool. <laughs> Everybody's seen it because of social media. Even <laughs> WWE wanted to use it that one time. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, they did. That was so awkward. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you move down and you meet the love of your life. You? <laughs> no, that's yes, that is you? true. Yes. I, yes. That's, and that was another reason why, I, you know, we met as I moved down there or down here. So it was kind of like perfect timing and it really made me enjoy my stay here. Because when I first moved down, I didn't really know anybody. Yes, there are a lot of wrestlers who live here. but Well, you, you knew a couple of people. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I don't want to hang out. Nothing you against wrestlers. You had an ex-girlfriend or, or something like that down here. So you, I was, listen, you were fine. At the time, I was just down here. I didn't have much furniture in the house. I had like pay-per-view chairs, a TV. Okay, but also, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know you moved. And, and I'm going to get the timeline wrong. But you blew your knee out and moved, or you moved and then went on the road and blew your knee out right around? I think I moved to Florida like the first week of December Mm -hmm. and then like needed knee surgery like the second week of December. Oh my God. So I was just, I'm like, oh, I'll just be in Florida a couple days a week. No, seven days a week. It was kind of, it was miserable until I met you, babe. Oh, Mm. but at that time, were you a hype bro or were you not? Well, I thought that was going to be the end of it, but yes, I was. You were a hype bro. So yeah. Mojo was like, your Mojo lived here. Yeah, and Mojo friend. helped me like move in stuff because I had one leg. So he helped out big time. Wow. You came home off the road after blowing your knee out and you were in a brand new house. I'm sure you didn't have anything here. I did not. And they were still doing like finishing construction. So like they were doing work and stuff and like redoing the floors. And, and so like I couldn't even get furniture and stuff yet. That's why I had the paper chairs. And you couldn't get up the stairs or could you? No, I could. I could. 
It wasn't a good time. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because you met me. That's true. Um, so and then you, you conned me into into dating you by lying and saying you love theme parks when you, you like theme parks. Okay. First of all, I feel like if you read you, we met because you slid into my DMs, right? Well, True I or mean, false, you yeah. slid into my DMs. I was kind of, you know, giving a little heads up like, hey, maybe you should slide okay, into her first DMs. first of all. Yes, you slid into my DMs and it was late nights. You slid in at like two in the morning, I'm pretty sure. So you were out with Cody and Brandy. I was, yeah. And I'll tell you something, which I've I've probably told you this, but I felt like that whole week, Cody and Brandy had left WWE. This was their first kind of like hurrah on the indies. And they came to Impact and they were doing, I think, a week-long set of tapings at Impact. And that's when I first met them. I obviously didn't really know Cody, but Brandy was in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So I kind of... Mackenzie Mitchell and I kind of like tried to take her under our wing and, and hang out with her a bit. Cause it's awkward being in a locker room for the first time alone, especially, I think, especially after you've been used to something like WWE, because everything else is so different. It will now you're experiencing this. It's so different than WWE. Right. It's very like, you, you might be uptight when you walk in, but like, it's so relaxed. It's just like a whole different atmosphere. So I felt like that whole week, she kept asking me about being single and like planting seeds. And I remember in the makeup chair, two days in a row, she brought up this guy named Zack Ryder. And I was like, obviously, you know, I don't know wrestling. So like, I didn't know right. who that was. But wait, you, you told me that you were. Wait, wait, okay, okay. wait. So then I went home and I did a little recon and I looked you up on Facebook. I looked you up on your ex's Facebook. I looked up your Instagram and looked up <laughs> your ex's Instagram. Crazy I bitch. Googled you. I Wikipedia you. And I had already, I realized when she said that, that I was already following you on Twitter. So I unfollowed because I got the vibe that she was possibly trying to plant the seed about the Zack Ryder guy. Mm. And so I unfollowed because it didn't want to look like I was a fangirl. And, uh, I can picture in my head all the photos that I remember seeing of you on your social media. Just so you know, it's very open to the public. Like I, I could, care. I could see, I could see like, you know, your past anyway. <laughs> um, but that was like my first memory of them kind of, or Brandy speaking about you. And then what do you know? The last day of tapings, I went home who slid into my DMs. Me, I guess. You. <laughs> I just wanted to tell that story. Well, it's true. And then, you know, you, you lied and said that you Oh, loved, that's where I was going. Yeah, you lied this. and said you loved Disney World and theme parks when you really just, like, kind of like them. So tell people where they can find you. Social media at the Matt Cardona at Major WFPod at Major Pod. There's, so, there's two big things to plug. You I'll, plug I'll yourself. Plug you plug yeah, your stuff, I'll babe. plug some. You guys can find me at, ooh, See, now that's a problem for me too, because I have a bunch, but I will say I have a podcast at Green WNV Pod. Matt and I have a joint podcast at Majorland Pod. You guys can listen to those on all digital streaming platforms. What else? What do I need to say? YouTube? You need to plug where you can get oral sessions. Spotify, Stitcher. <laughs> that's why I honestly you can download no, that's your why podcast. I, this is why that's I why have, you need me. This is why I have you. <laughs> um, yeah, go listen to oral sessions. The show that we're on, babe. I know. Now leave me. Go listen to Oral Sessions on all digital streaming platforms and YouTube. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the Best of for Oral Sessions. We just mash up the best from the week. 
let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full length episodes should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And uh, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the volume network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews. Find them all in there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions. 